Testing. All right, all right, all right. On air, Hambo's in the house. It's the holiday that will not be named, so I won't. Uh, I figured, what the hell? Good old Hambo always says, days like this, nights like this, what the hell? And I'm calling everybody out. This is a spontaneous live show. You're welcome to call in, get some things off your chest. It's quiet out there, folks. It's quiet. Um, I'm going to put some more things out there and see if anyone calls in. Um, to my through through my Facebook. Let's see if any if anyone gives a damn right now. Anyone gives a damn? Let's see. Posting. There we go. So we'll see who calls in. Well, so this is spontaneous. I don't tell you guys what I'm going to do this. Sometimes I give you a ballpark few days. It's not easy. Uh, I hate when I misspell things here. Let's see. Edit post. Uh, call in what you want. Call in you want. Call in if you want. Um. Yeah, the Ham Palace Live. You know, some holidays just rub me the wrong way. Some holidays shake me to the core and test me and threaten to throw me off my center as a man. Uh, one of those holidays is New Year's Eve. And the New Year's Eve thing is from movies, really. There's expectations. Um, a lot from romantic comedies. Uh, look, I, I love when Harry met Sally, but when that came out, it just, it, it poofed something in, in, uh, people's heads and it just got into the zeitgeist so much that everything you the love of your life is supposed to come around the corner and uh it's all supposed to turn around on new year's eve you know it's i mean that tells you how powerful that movie was um and that scene where he's running through the the city there to get to meg ryan yeah it's a this is a bunch of bullshit <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been conned, we've been conned, and uh, the romantic holidays, um, I'm not too keen on St. Patrick's Day as well, although I've learned to live with it um, by watching uh, a good uh, a movie with an Irish theme, whether that's The Departed or The Gangs of New York or, uh, oh, there's another good one up there I last I watched um something kill the irishman yeah that was a new one that was fun um <laughs> notice that it's mostly the negative <laughs> stereotypes but it's still it's fun it keeps my mind off things um you know saint patty's day was always a big letdown um i don't know what the hell you expected to have what kind of magic is supposed to happen on that i mean 
you just drink and uh, wear green and uh, you're supposed to have some kind of fun from that. I don't, I, I don't get it. The expectations, a good friend of mine said, manage your expectations, manage your expectations. They won't let you down. And, um, by golly, I'm trying to manage my expectations. I think everything has been, uh, I think here's the thing. I, I've had a cold this, this week and, um, and that's kept me from going out and the, the clubs or the say clubs, the, the bars and the restaurants have been opening. Thank God. Um, Uh, but you know, I don't want to go out because of the cold, you know, I don't want to put that out there even with the thingamabob on and so, which means I got to stay in, I got to stay in and stay busy and to stay moving and keep myself out of, well, out of the negative space. And I think the only way you can do that, I think the best way to do it is exercise or going uh, for a good long walk, which I'm probably I'm going to pro probably probably do. Have yourself some of your favorite food. That's a good one. But again, that doesn't. You know, I mean, give yourself a pass once in a while and have a cheat day. Um, watch a funny movie. I think that's the biggest one. Watch a funny movie. And it comes back to the movies, as always, kids. What movies do you like to watch? Uh, comedies. I'm always a big fan of uh, Kingpin. I've been thinking about that. And uh, especially with uh, Blues Traveler having hit new song out there. Um, which I can't find the video of. I'm so glad Blues Traveler, uh, Blues Traveler is back. And making music and, and has a hit on the radio. Um, yeah, because it just he that the blues blues traveler reminds me of the 90s. So Kingpin, especially King the movie Kingpin and the Big Lebowski, both big 90 movies. I can't they came out in the mid-90s, square in the center, and that was during my college years. And that's when you know the college years are great because I had gone through a lot of adversity and I had gone through, uh, I got out of training in the army. You know, I was still kind of going to, to drill. There was a year about almost a year afterwards. I got out of the army and I, I couldn't go to drill because I didn't have a car and I, there was no one I could call or talk to about it to let them know I wasn't going to be there. And so when I did finally show up, uh, it was like, I was like some mythical figure. <laughs> they had been saying my name and they're like, you're, you're, you're him. Uh, you're that guy, you know? Um, and I, I was there and I was, yeah, I was there to do my duty, uh, one weekend a month. Uh, I rarely, rarely skipped. Well, sometimes I couldn't make it cause I didn't have a ride, but it was very rare. I did the annual trainings, uh, at the, the field support hospitals. And, um, man, those were some experiences tough emotionally. And I'll tell you why, because when you go to a new, uh, you know, a new, uh, unit, 
a new unit and you have to get to know people all over again and be out in the field and training with them. It's all about connection. And when you don't have connection immediately, you don't know people. I mean, the Army is a buddy system, essentially. You rely on your buddy for a lot, a lot to alert you about things, let you know what's coming up. Are you squared away? Do you have your, your socks rolled up? appropriately in the locker um it's a lot of things a lot of things that uh, the battle buddy is there for and keep your mental spirit and mind up is to me number one um someone to joke around with someone, someone to talk to and uh i've had a couple really really excellent bud- battle buddies i'm going to give a shout out to jim clinton uh the mad dogs uh, i believe that was second platoon mad dogs and I'm going to give a shout out to Jim Landry, uh, 5th Platoon Scorpions. And I do this, I say this because uh, because I don't want to forget the people in my life that played a pivotal role. So when I do have nights like this, where it's challenging and the mind is telling me about um, what I don't have, uh, I, I think about the memories of the people that helped me get through the tough times. And, uh, you know, the thing about when you get out of school, um, and when you get out of army training, something that's very routine and very, uh, is full of obstacles and hardship and, and things to achieve and to overcome when you enter the workforce, thinking you're going to tear it up. And I did. I did. I had a Wolverine out mindset. I wanted to just tear up the world and put my dent in the universe in a big, bad way, making movies and uh, writing scripts and, and, and making comics. But, um, well, well, the world has a whole lot of mundaneness just ready as like, like kind of like um, Rambo's uh, uh, machine gun. I believe that was a M90? M90. See, I, th- I say things, these things so I don't forget the weapons. Uh, <laughs> he's got a whole bunch of that ready of uh, mediocreness and mundaneness of the 9-to-5 job. Uh, the, full t- the FTJ, as I say, uh, the full-time job that can break your spirits. Uh, especially, and I will say this, especially when you get a job where no one gives a damn and no one jokes around. No one, no one wants to know how you're doing or asks, or you ask them, and it doesn't really go too far. Um, I've been, I've been experiencing that the last five years, of like no one really uh, reaches, uh, no one really asks you, and no one really means it. I mean, there's exceptions. There's exceptions. There's a few people, but I, I'd say there's something that's missing now. And I touched on this before. It has to do with connection uh, with our fellow man and uh, really caring and really being uh, having empathy um, and, and making the job, no matter what the job is, an enjoyable place to work. And uh, by golly, it's it's not easy. It's not easy when you have jobs like that. A few, a few in a row, and I had a few in a row where uh, 
I tried, man. I tried to make it happen. I tried to joke around. I tried to make friends. That just something was something was not computing. Uh, I almost felt like, am I this weird social dinosaur? Is like, am I am I not supposed to uh, be this way? Am I, is my personality obsolete? Um, uh, of uh, of joking around while we work hard because I felt that and Michigan is not the place to have that kind of vibe. Michigan is, you know, I, I can always get a job in Michigan. Thank God. And I've always had jobs up until that, this point, the last five years where love it or hate it. There's personalities that have a lot of character that will make you laugh. Um, maybe piss you off too. Uh, but there was something about where I felt like everyone was alive. And the last few jobs I had, I felt like there was very little life, very little connection, very little empathy. I don't know if that's indicative of the culture we are now in, um, but I, I think it's terrible and I'm going to rage against it. Hambo is going to rage against it. He's going to take on the essence of his comic book, comic book character rage. Oh, by the way, rage number four is coming up very, very soon. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And, uh, check back with me on the details. I'll put a, a link up to it on this, uh, on podbean, uh, dot I believe. Um, but anyway, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the laughter being dead. Um, this is why we need comedians. This is why we need to laugh. This is why we need to entertain and create content because without it, the glue, the glue is gone. Um, the glue that binds us, the glue that holds us all together. Um, something's got to change folks. Something's got to change. Uh, now, don't think that we're off the hook. Don't think that people, us, that the responsibility is off us. We have to show up to whatever job we're doing, uh, whenever, or not even a job, maybe it's an event. We have to show up and be present with ourselves and we have to be honest and be like, is this, am I putting out the, the vibe that I should put out? Or am I, do I have the negative filter on? Can, am I angry about something? And it's coming out in a way to where I'm going to get this back. And a lot of that, you can acquit yourself of a lot of that, I think, if you if you practice kind of a meditation and a clearing of the mind. And when you do that, you know that you have clarity and you come to the situation. Again, present, presentness. I've had this... Uh, uh, this epiphany when I was working uh, in sales uh, in New York and New England is that so many people came to this uh, booth I was working at without without uh, being present. Their mind was in three different directions. And it's like, look, you can buy or tell me to go to hell. Just please be present and be in the moment with me right now, what you're doing. 
Um, don't be fondling with your keys. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be looking around. Listen to what I'm saying for better, or for worse. And again, you don't have to buy what I'm trying to sell. And I was really cool about it. And yeah. So that's when I had the epiphany after seeing so many people that are just, at, you know, not there, uh, too distracted by everything. And um, so from that day on, I had since a certain day, you know, in 2000, 2014, maybe it was, uh, I, I kind of swore to myself I would be a lot more present and not let my thoughts carry me away when I'm, when someone's talking to me straight, you know right you know in my face pretty much so so yeah yeah um things need to change i was thinking before all this fun stuff happened that you know the the economy and and I, there was just again maybe this comes from a, a meditation practice but i felt a sense that like the us was on a train going 190 miles an hour not stopping, not slowing down. And I just felt a build. It's like a build up. It's like we can't keep going this fast. Um, something's got to give somewhere. It just felt like it just nonstop machine. And hey, you know, machine machine has some good things about it, but it uh well, it's an unfortunate it took this 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 bug to to derail us. And uh, I hate the fact that people are, you know, are gone now from from it and uh, it, that it took something like this to wreck people to hopefully and I'm hopefully, hopefully wake up and see, hey, there's more in life than showing up for work. Uh, and, you know, it's going to show up for work, but there's more in life than going through the motions. Um, you know. It's important that we be here for each other, that we to make the mundaneness bearable because each day of our life is another grain in the hourglass that is going. And what, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, whether, whether you spend that grain of sand in uh, agony and pain, it's like, well, that's 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 what it was, and that that's that's that second, that's that minute, that's that ten minutes that is gone now, and uh, you spent it that way, and uh, not necessarily, it's not necessarily a wrong thing, but just know that you did, and try to enjoy it, try to enjoy, try to laugh as much as you can when you're not supposed to laugh. Uh, I do that once in a while driving. I'll force myself to laugh like a madman because I don't want to get into this rut of just thinking negative and just like, yeah, the skies are gray. The skies are gray and this is another day. I'm not hanging out with my, my buds. I'm not, uh, you know, it's all on me. It's all the happiness. It's all whatever memory I bring in to entertain myself. That's what it is. And um, I mean, I'm, I love, I'm great at making myself laugh. <laughs> I got enough funny memories to rely on. Um, got some bad ones too, but I can really get myself going into a, 
uh, I don't know whether I do an impersonation or whether I think of a funny joke or scenario, I can really crack myself up sometimes. And uh, that's why I try to record uh, myself when I think of a joke on the spot or write it down. Um, oh, by the way, I hope everyone enjoyed my film, uh, The Search. I want to thank everybody, all the listeners, for watching it. And I got some good comments. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing the next one. And I've been thinking of some ideas, throwing some things around. And I want to get it down to where I'm doing a movie every couple months. I want to do a, a winter movie before the winter's over. And uh, something that's going to only take a day and shoot it. And I think what I'm going to do, I think I'm going to shoot the film and then I'll I'll shoot a whole bunch of footage and then I'll I'll, I'll kind of wait. So I'll have all the footage ready for these different movies, and then I'll edit them one at a time. I think that's how I'll do it. I'll try to do it, although I always say that, and then doing it's a whole other ball of wax because you want to make something that is good. Um, we got some people in the studio. Uh, they're just waiting out there. Uh, I hope the secretary is giving them some some biscuits, uh, keeping them well-fed. And, you know, the secretary I have, you know, she's she's from England. So I hope she's, uh, you know, keeping entertained. But, you know, if you guys want to sit out there in the waiting room, that's fine. Or if you want to call in, I know there is a way. There is a way. There's a will. There's a way. I know there's a link here. And if you don't want to call in, I, hey, that's cool. That's cool. Just sit there in the waiting room and rage against the silence. Rage. Rage against this quietness. This is for my single, single folk out there, uh, my single brethren, and uh, any, any, any girls out there that is single as well. I, you know, hey, I get it, I get it. You haven't found that guy, and uh, for one reason or another, it has not panned out. I, I get it. I think the fence it swings both ways, and um, yeah. Yeah, sometimes no matter how you try to get around a certain thing, it's like, yeah, I know this is a Hallmark holiday. Um, you know, here I am. I'm stuck inside. Uh, you know, uh, I've I've watched all the movies. I've watched everything on Netflix. Um, Amazon Prime is dried up. And uh, I don't feel like doing that hobby. You know, I got I got a role playing. Uh, I got uh, Advanced Hero Quest here next in my in the studio here, and uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that later tonight. But I wanted to get some things off my chest and uh, to reach out to anybody that's struggling um, or just wants to talk, just wants to, you know, let loose, laugh. I'll try to I'll try to be I'll try to be that funny guy. <laughs> I'm no Theo Vaughn. I'm no Theo Vaughn, but uh, I'm here. Um, and speaking of Theo Vaughn, I was just watching his podcast. Unbelievable. That guy is, I don't know why I, I st first started watching him and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's funny. You know, he'd be on Joe Rogan and all that. He's got his mullet and he's, he's, southern, he's a southerner and all that. I'm like, yeah, okay. And he'll have a good guest on once in a while. But then I think I think now he's a lot more in the spotlight because of Joe Rogan is on the Spotify thing and his his shows aren't on YouTube anymore. 
dang it, I tried getting on Spotify and watching and listening to his show. I can't do it on the laptop. That's really annoying. And I don't know what's going on with the laptop app. Um, my phone's too old to to work the uh, Spotify app. So I'm relying on the YouTube clips. Um, and let that be a lesson to all you podcasters out there. You got to try We all got to try to simplify the way people can listen to our shows. And I think I, I'm okay. I, I throw the link up there. You just click on it and it kind of goes right to it. You can listen to it on the website or you can download it also on iTunes. And um, yeah, he's really, um, he's, I think he's been kind of a spotlight now. He kind of, because he does two hours. He can do three hours. I think most of his shows are like an hour and a half. I'd say that's pretty good. I, you know, they don't all have to be super epically long. Um, but he'll just, he'll go on like tonight's show. Like some guy was watching, uh, is a longtime fan and he's, uh, addicted to alcohol and, uh, Theo Vaughn struggles with, you know, addiction to alcohol. And he calls in and he's like, uh, he's like, I was going for a hundred days and I fell off the wagon. And uh, I just want you to, you know, if, uh, thanks for being there and for, you know, can you help me out? And, he, and he's, he's like, I feel you. And so I, I'm right there with you. And uh, he's like, what do you do for a living, brother? And he's like, well, I, I dig graves. He's like, man. And he starts cracking up. You dig graves, dog? <laughs> he goes, you, you're digging graves and you come there like, damn, you know, he's kind of like joking, but he didn't mean it in a bad way. But <laughs> it's like, you couldn't believe like this guy had such a happy job, but he was there and he was there to help him and to, to talk him through it. And the guy felt the guy came off really like, you know, he was struggling. He was had a little bit of emotion in his throat. He was probably in tears. And at the end, you know, Theo was in, in a bit of tears himself because um, the heaviness, the heaviness of, I don't know, I don't want, what was it? It's like the, the disappointment of letting people down, of not wanting to be, wanting to become a, you know, fall into alcoholism. And really the alcoholism is a metaphor, uh, whatever addiction, whatever bad addiction you're into. It could be uh, using too many Q-tips uh, to get in the ears there. Um, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but if you're addicted to something that big bad, that, that takes away from your putting your dent in the universe um, or something that could be deemed as uh, harmful to somebody else or yourself, um, and, and you can kind of talk somebody from, from doing that, at least for one day. That's, that's pretty awesome. And uh, I highly recommend you check out Theo Vaughn's podcast uh, on YouTube or download it. Um, again, he might be an acquired taste. His humor is very, it, it can be, be looked at as pretty juvenile. It, it's juvenile, Southern, Southern man, but he keeps it real. He keeps it very real and he cracks me up. Like, Again, I need that kind of a long form show that's going to be entertaining. And he's got some great guests. He'll have, um, oh, who did he have on that I liked? Um, uh, Joe Dirt. I can't believe I, uh, how can I, uh, it's right there. 
what is that guy's name? Joe Dirt. Ah, you know, the guy from Black Sheep, Chris Farley's straight man. Oh, come on. I saw, I even saw him in concert. This is terrible. Well, you know who I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was an inspirational cast to watch. Uh, I, you know, I don't do two hour podcasts. I do 20 to 30 minutes and we're, you know, we're, we're coming on 30 minutes, but I think this, I can go a little bit longer. I go a little bit longer. I'll, I might test myself. I like the lean podcasts. I go in there. I talk. I, I get stuff off my chest. I do the late night, late night, 10 to 15 minutes when I'm lying in bed and I want to vent and I want to tell you how it is. And, uh, well, this is kind of like that. Um, it's not that late, but yeah, I, expectations of certain holidays. I used to have a hard time with Christmas. Uh, I think, again, the expectations of, like, I'm going to turn it all around at Christmas and magic's going to happen. That can happen, but I think it can happen better when you just let go and enjoy Christmas for what it is, being present with your family, um, enjoying the little things, enjoying uh, watching some people unwrap the present that you, you got for them and you think is hopefully going to be the best gift you can get them uh, or something you think they'd like. But again, I used to think I'm supposed to be with somebody, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, every year, you know, my brother's had, well, there, there was a year where he didn't have a girlfriend, um, <laughs> but maybe a year, maybe 10 seconds. Um, but I, I, it just, it always felt like, well, one of these days. Yeah. Well, okay. No, maybe next year. No, well, maybe next year. No. And uh, it, it kind of feels like a flip book. And that, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, yeah, uh, things don't just fall into the lap. That's for sure. And uh, been doing some things, been studying, been learning. From things on people on YouTube, good good mentors, and trying to get, uh, as my dad said, uh, trying to get my schlit together. Um, I don't mean that in a dirty way. <laughs> it's just how he pronounced shit. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. And uh, yeah, uh, doing the things, doing the, taking action, doing the things that are gonna. Okay, how am I going to better my? wardrobe how am i going to better my my physical body and um you know working out's been a, a thing with me for a long time since high school uh i think i've had the, i've had this cold for oh, about about two weeks and that's kind of kept me from hitting that gym uh i've been hitting the kettlebells though so that's good but i don't think i i don't burn as much many calories with the kettlebells, or at least doesn't feel like I do. So, you know, the chub comes, the chub goes. <laughs> and uh, it's better when you don't have, when you don't feel fat. I think that's the biggest thing. When you feel like, ooh, yeah, I kind of feel that. That little extra in the, in the stomach. It's like, yeah, 
I don't like that. <laughs> and uh, that's when, you know, it's like you got to put a little extra mile in, go, go, for, go for a run, go for a jog, go for a walk at the very least. And you have to make yourself do it. Just like now we're learning that we have to be social. We have to practice our social tendencies because I've noticed this, like, uh, where to go? where to go to talk to people and uh, I'm, you know, once this cold fully, fully goes away, I will make more of an effort to go to the mall. You might see me walking along uh, the people at the Lakeside mall, uh, uh, which is, gosh, I hope Lakeside mall st sticks around. I really do. I'd hate to see it go. Um, in the Barnes and Noble, uh, <laughs> you might see me uh, walking around, plugging in the phone, um, trying to stay away from the dirty section. Uh, <laughs> not that there is a dirty section there anymore. Um, not really. And uh, <laughs> the fantasy section, the, uh, uh, the fiction sessions, uh, section, but I, I love spending... That's a, almost like a, a forgotten art now. I really loved uh, Walden books back in the day. In the 90s, uh, I used to go ride my bike to Macomb Mall or whatever and either go see a movie at the $2, $2 cinema at Macomb Mall. It was $2. Now, granted, the movies weren't like brand new, but they're only maybe a couple months old. And... Uh, Either before that or after that, I, you know, grab a little bit of little, little Caesars that they had right across from the theater. And uh, that was had their little the baby pan pan, which they don't do anymore. And uh, perfectly square pizza. And I did really enjoy eating that. Um, and I'd go to Walden Books and I would lose myself in there and all the magazines. And I was. You know, because I wanted to get in the film industry, I'd watch or read uh, Entertainment, uh, Entertainment Weekly, um, the film, like movie magazine, and uh, a whole bunch of them. Uh, a screenplay, like there's uh, like I got a few issues of those, like how to write screenplays, and I would just lose myself reading these magazines and, and getting lost in, you know, and kind of the world of celebrities and all that, but what movies are coming up and what's in the works. Cause this is before, you know, entertainment websites and all that. So I got a lot of the information through the magazines and, um, that was, there was a lot of inspiration of like, like, man, seeing myself making the, the movie I always wanted to make based on one of my books, my novellas and, and, uh, also getting lost in, like uh again fiction and fantasy um there are a lot of that was my genre i like that stuff uh whether it's action adventure uh, you know there's some old school like indiana jones books with these amazing covers um that this artist i think uh, i think the hearts of you know, something about atlantis or something like that that was really good um gosh i want to go pick these books up now um of course uh you know I gotta let my geek flag fly. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That was a big, a big time because I had a lot of uh, busboy money, uh, expendable busboy money <laughs> that I would use to buy these uh, box sets. Um, 
because I, you know, even though I didn't have anybody to play with at the time, they were just a plethora of uh, imagination. Uh, I would say seeds, seeds for the imagination to grow. Yeah, and to be inspired by some some of, the, of these worlds that these authors put so much time in developing uh, these campaigns for this for Dungeons and Dragons, and I would just get lost in reading them. And it's like I don't know if I'm ever gonna. There's like years and years of games from this one book. Like you could play all these different areas, all these different lands, and. Um, and I'm, I'm like, this is great stuff. Like, this is inspired writing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, that's why I always like, like, where's the solo modules I'd play? You know, the, the, that was fun and all that. But I get lost in that. And I would I would draw my comics as well and the characters from those games uh, that my buddy and I, Wayne, would would play. You know, he had, like, he meant like a dragon, a, a dragon man, you know? And, and I, I played... Um, Patch, which is basically uh, Wolverine in the fantasy fantasy se uh, setting, and we would go out and and just kick all sorts of ass uh, in these games. <laughs> and I figured, man, there's so much more that we could do, but we got together as the years went on. So, you know, again, the FTJ he he was working at the uh, at the shop, the car shop there, and. Uh, it's just the time that we spent grew less and less and that, you know, I went to college and I saw a lot less of my friends and everyone got real jobs and they, you know, got into the routine of not talking as much and people grew apart. Not that I never, I never grew apart from my friends, but I, I noticed it with some of my friends uh, that would get married and that would be the end it be the end of the, the friendship that uh, that started when they were kids and when we were all kids uh, back on Socha. A little shout out to Socha and St. Clair Shores. Uh, the Socha Posse, as it was called, um, which consisted of my brother, uh, our friend Jeff, and uh, my good buddy Wayne. Uh, may he rest in peace. Wayne introduced me to all things geek. He uh, he's responsible probably for a lot of my <laughs> uh, inward. Uh, although I can't say that I've always been kind of an inward kind of guy because um introvert or whatever, uh, however you want to call it, because of you know just growing up in that that age of like Nintendo and. Um, but I will say this: I did learn to become more extroverted because of going out meeting my friends on social and playing guns. I don't know if that if kids still play guns, but you go out and you just get a plastic. It could be any gun. It could be a, like a plastic gray gun. It could be a, uh, you know, back then. And I think they didn't color the guns. It could be like a fake revolver <laughs> and we would go hide. We would go hide behind the cars and the neighbor's cars and the wheels and we would go we would look for each other kind of like tag but like as soon as you saw the other person and you held your gun out like you're like hiding behind a, somebody some neighbor's house and they're not home everyone's at work <laughs> and we would hold the gun out and we go bam got you you know got you jimmy 
got you, Wayne. And it's like, when you hear them, it's like they see you. And so you, you're supposed to act like you're, you could go through the, the theatrics and go, oh, you know, you got me. But no, not, barely anybody did. But you had to kind of go walk to, I think he walked to a porch with their head hung low. And then who was the last one? Whoever was the last one, the last two people. There is like everyone would sit on the porch and just wait for the last two people to, to have their duel. And whoever go, got you. And then that means the other person's dead and the last person's the winner. It was it was gold. It was imagination gold. I mean, we did so much with so little. And you didn't need much for that. You just needed a fake plastic gun. It could be a, a water gun. And you treat it like a real pistola. And uh, I remember this one time. Oh, this was awesome. Uh, my buddy Jimmy, we were all looking for him. I think it was down to either him or me. I want to think, I want to say it's him or me because we're all the heroes in our own story. Um, but we're looking, I'm looking, where is he? Where is he? And all of a sudden, the, this car drives down off the, uh, the driveway and he was lying down, hiding behind the wheel. <laughs> lying down behind the wheel perfectly and the car drove off and it was like that was the final showdown i don't think it, he I, he probably got me or it's like he's like got you cj and i'm like no no okay. <laughs> but that i'll never forget that image of him just lying down on his back smiling uh with his black hair messy black hair and his uh, probably had his camo jacket on he always wore camel pants and the camel jacket. Uh, and he was there and he's, and he got me. And um, boy, I'm glad, I'm glad I had that. The friends or at least the community of people to talk to. And we played Ghostbusters. Uh, we made our own proton packs. You know, I, I, if you guys listen to the episode I did with John um, Belante, uh, we were kind of getting into it there where we were talking about shooting, uh, you know, I made it, we had a cardboard box and I, I taped paper on it and I drew the proton pack. And then we, I used a, uh, what was it? Like a, a tube, like a wooden, not a bat, but like a wooden long wooden, you know, stick. And I put on one end, a, a bike, the bike handle so it had a handle to it and we would pretend that we were you know hunting ghosts that we would imagine that we would see these ghosts in the backyard and i'm trying to remember we probably had a shoe box i probably made out of construction paper a trap to, or something really simple and then we pretend that we're trapping the ghosts and the imagination was running wild brother <laughs> i mean uh, it was you know and the same with um you know, books, reading books, the pick your own path books. Um, I'm glad I was still reading books and comic books. I think that's, that was a big one. That was getting my imagination and my artistic juices going because I wanted to, I wanted to draw as good as the people in, in, in the comics. And when you're a kid, it, it, it seldom works out. It, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of frustrated days where it's like you just beat yourself up and it, it, that doesn't help the confidence, the confidence. Uh, <laughs> it's like, dang it. Why can't I do it? Draw it like he does. And it's like, well, because it's going to take practice. It's going to take years. It's going to take uh, a dedication to that. And 
you know, I, I kept at it. Um, and I still do. I don't draw as much as I'd like, unfortunately. And that sucks. You know, part of it's because I do other things. I do writing. I do, you know, make the movies and all that. And, uh, um, but again, like I said, rage number four, I just, I got, you know, they're sending me the test copy. So I'm going to order more of those. And I'm going to tell you guys, go check out the website uh, very soon. Just uh, I'll update it on here at uh, uh, podbean no, hambo.podbean.com, I believe. Well, just just tune back. I'll 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 throw a link out there. But well, forty. I'll, I'll do five more minutes. I'll do five more minutes again. I'll keep it lean here. I've I don't do the two out two hours. But if you guys hey, there's a little window. I see some of you guys listening out there. Let me type something out here. Let me maybe you see this message just so if you can respond back. Let me know if you're listening or if you're just kind of sleeping or uh, or if you're uh, well. We'll see. There it is. Hello, hello from the host from Hambo. Are you all live out there? Are you all keeping? Are you all keeping it sane, my single brothers, or am I not single brothers? Uh-oh, we got somebody entering the live studio. Let's see. Who is this? We got seven people here. We got five or ten, ten minutes. I'll stay on a little bit late if somebody wants to. Hey, you can either you can type in your message and I'll try to answer you. You don't you don't have to call in if you don't feel comfortable calling in. I totally get it. Um let me see what else I can do. Let me see if I'll throw in a link out there if this is going to make a difference. I don't think, oh, let's see, here's the link. So you can, I think, copy and paste that link, but I don't know if that's going to work. We'll see. Well, hey, we're experimenting. Um, anybody else got any stories of growing up, what you did that's maybe a, uh, the kids these days don't do as much. I know, and this is awful. I, I I think it's terrible that kids have cell phones. I it's you know, it's one thing to have a phone to play a game on, because that's a lot like the Game Boy or something like that. That's cool. But it's like when they get you know, people got phones, like you you don't need to be talking. Uh, I mean, the house phone. We used to have the house phone, you know. It, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not talking rotary dial, but sometimes rotary dial. <laughs> but you know, uh, once in a while, it was cool to talk on the phone, but it wasn't a carry. We're we're setting a bad precedent, a precedence. Uh, I don't know if I said that right, but precedent. Um, we're setting a bad example, and I think it's robbing the kids of the imagination and um, resourcefulness. Um, we're being force fed a little bit too much, but again, I'm part of that generation. And I talked about this with John, but where we got the best of both worlds. We got the best of old school video games and, uh, we still were able to kind of read books, um, comic books were big and thriving. Um, we were still able to go out and technology wasn't so bad to where we stayed in all the time. Although I stayed in quite a bit because I, I was a big Nintendo guy. And before that was the Commodore 64. Um, but even then, 
even then I could have thank friends over and we'd play games together. And that was kind of social because we would share games. Again, Wayne, he had the Commodore 64. He's like, here's the, here's the floppy. I'll come over, we'll play it. And we play a whole slew of games. And he blew my mind, like the games that he would bring over and just dominate. And uh, it was a whole world of um, 8-bit goodness. Um, and a lot of wonky, weird games that people made. And yeah, that's just, it's unique. It's unique. It, that that whole Commodore 64 experience was huge. And, uh, you know, my brother's friends would come over, The you know, the jockey guys, and uh, go, hey, you know, you need to get out. They'd be like, CJ, get out of this room. Go meet people. <laughs> get out of the room. Go. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. We got a message. Uh, but, yeah, I was just, I loved it. I loved it, man. Um Let's see what the message is real quick here. Here we go. You sound like Bill Burr. <laughs> you could do you could do a great impression if you talked with a Boston accent. Let me see if I can do my Bill Burr impersonation. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of sound like him, don't I? You know, I could talk about this all day. I really could. Uh, a lot of, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, the kids these days with cell phones. Uh, it's not good. Uh, they're being robbed of so much, so much shit. I can't even go into it. Uh, the, the soft, the kids are soft these days. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I think that was okay. That was okay, but very uh, simple. You know, I don't pride myself on a Bill Bird imper impersonation, but there you go. Um I uh, hope you enjoyed that, uh, Cassiano. I hope I said that right. But thanks for listening. Thanks for randomly listening. I know I don't. I don't give you guys heads up when I do a live. It's just kind of you kind of fumble onto it. And I, but I appreciate it. Got eight people out there. I love it. I love it. Eight people. Are they single? Are there? Are we? Are, are they the single uh, brothers and sisters out there? Let's see. Uh, one new message. Uh, let's see what happens with that. Uh, okay. I there was a new message, but I don't think it went through. I got big life sixty one thirty five. Big life. Um, yeah, man. Just um, uh, type in a message again. That's cool. Um, I don't know why people can't call in. I maybe you guys haven't tried. No big deal. But um, yeah. Rage against the silence. That's the name of this episode. Rage, rage against it because some. I gotta tell you, some nights it just feels too damn quiet. Like, man, why? I'm suppose I could I could reach out and call some of my friends a little bit more, and and I will I will do that. Um, but some nights it just feels like, man, no one's gonna say anything tonight, huh? No one's gonna put anything, any kind of videos out there on their walls. No one's gonna. You know, I was doing Instagram videos, but I kind of stopped because my phone got too full. <laughs> I got too many, too many things on the phone and I uh, don't have enough storage space. So that sucks. So, but I could put some more pictures up as a, a weekly check-in. And uh, yeah, I was doing karaoke for a while. I should get back into doing that. Get by my karaoke gift card. Um, 
And as far as the comedy, I know it's kind of stalled. I studied a comedy course. I'll go back to my, my Bill Burr. I studied my comedy course, yeah. And, uh, well, I, uh, you know, it was $15. Uh, $15 worth of fucking jokes. And what, what, what did I get out of it? Huh? I'm fucking believable. I, you know, I'm, I'm going into my dice, which I can go. How about I'll do a dice. I do have the explicit, uh, explicit lever on, uh, here we go, eh? You got me on. What is this shit over here? The Ham Palace. Is this what we're doing? The Ham Palace. I'm fucking believable, eh? I'm too good for this show. I can't believe it. What are we talking about? Nintendo. Nintendo 8-bit games. Get the fuck out of here. You playing your games, I'm over here with Shelly laying it down, you know? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, You know, I can't debate Dice on that. I mean, he did have the advantage. He was a bit older. Um, but um, good times listening to his cassettes. Uh you know, my brother would bring home some dice and we'd listen. Oh, I'd be rolling. I'd be rolling. It's like, man, so funny. Um, but I guess going back to what I was talking to the point was I'm going to get this book. It's the book. Um, it's like every joke that Jerry Seinfeld has written. And he's kept all his jokes that made like from the beginning, pretty much the beginning to now. And I'm like, if there's ever a, a joke book to get, that's probably the one. And I'm going to start reading that on the Kindle because I can't, you know, I, don't, I don't have any more room for any more books. Uh, and I'm going to study and I'm going to write some jokes. I, You know, I can't, no one can write jokes like he can, but I can, I, I just, I can only pray and, and, and hope that studying it'll rub off through the osmosis of of just reading a new joke every page it's going to be great and uh, i can't wait to put together a little comedy show for everybody um i kind of do that here this is kind of practice for that whenever i do a comedy skit once in a while at the beginning of the show um i kind of do that here but i do want to put a little something on youtube just to practice putting jokes out there again um Restaurants are open. I, I suppose I can go back to Knuckleheads and, and, and give it another shot. But yeah. Anybody else? We're coming on to the five minute mark. I want to keep it lean. I want to keep it uh, about an hour. Again, I don't want I don't want to bore people. I want to keep people's interest. This is this is good. I, I usually don't do um shows for this long by myself. I usually when I have a guest, when I got Daniel, Daniel Wilson on. Uh, we go the distance to do an hour, hour and a half sometimes. I'm also looking forward to doing some shows recorded, video recorded, um, doing some more of those. Uh, let me know what you think. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to do that a little bit more often. And the only thing of when, is when I do the, the video shows, the live shows on video, 
is that they can go so long. Like if they go two hours, it takes like most of the day to upload, to upload these, these, uh, videos to YouTube. And it's like, ah, uh, those will, those will be rare. So I try to keep it a lean hour, but I think they're a little bit, there could, there's something about seeing the people talking right there. You're getting the facial expressions. You're getting some of the nuances. Whereas if you're listening to the podcast, you don't get, I mean, you're making up the nuances in your head of what, how I'm saying it and what facial expression I'm using. And that's kind of cool too. That has its own art to itself. That's, that's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, there, I like interviewing uh, people on Zoom, um, going back and forth. And one with Paul was a lot of fun. We talked about Connery. We, call, we talked about Bond. Man, I, I miss. I've been missing Bond, man. I like I was I was singing the uh, the opening theme from Casino Royale um, uh, by um, Gosh dang it, another name I can't remember. You know, the guy from Soundgarden. <laughs> May he rest in peace. That's terrible. I cannot remember. It's because I'm put on the spot. I'll remember the names when I, as soon as I stop recording. Oh, yeah. David Spade. <laughs> David Spade uh, was the guy I was talking about earlier that Theo Vaughn had on. I recommend that episode. It's awesome. Um, they're very similar, but yet different. And they kind of, it's interesting. They bounce a whole bunch of jokes off each other. It's neat. Uh, we got David, we got David in the studio. Hope you're being uh, treated well out there in the waiting room, uh, where everyone is kind of hanging out, uh, hopefully having some good uh, appetizers. Uh, if this was an actual real waiting room, I'd put everything bagels <laughs> out there to be given out with some, uh, light cream cheese optional. Um, but yeah. Been missing James Bond. I, I, to be honest, I, I can't wait for the new Bond. Um, I think that's Bond is what we need right now uh, to straighten things out. And just thinking about Daniel Craig's run, uh, he had a couple misses. Again, Casino Royale, just guns blazing there. Um, the one after the Quantum of Solace, which I did the uh, disappointing commentary on, which is fantastic. If you want to watch commentary to Quantum of Solace, I think it might still be on Netflix, uh, the, the movie, and you can just download the podcast and, and sync it up. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> disappointing commentary, because, you know, you want a commentary about a movie that's not so good or not as good as it could be. Um, and... Uh, what else? Yeah, uh, the one after that was Skyfall, which was great. That was he was back on form there. Roger Deakins, cinematographer, uh, just on point with the look and the feel of Bond. Um, and then we had after that we had Spectre, Spectre, which wasn't quite as bad as Quantum of Solace, but it wasn't that great either. It kind of. It was kind of like, well, they had some good moments. They had, I liked the theme song. It was cool. It had a good opening montage. But something about it kind of like, well, it got sillier. You know, there's a scene, and I think I talked about this some, but there's a scene where James Bond, yeah, his brother, well, spoilers, sorry. Dang it. <laughs> he has him locked up in the chair, and he, he, he has a needle. 
and he's putting the needle in the, in the bond's head and it's going into his brain like a drill drill needle and it you they show it going through his skull and he, he but he breaks out he does something with his watch and he's able to escape and i'm thinking after that he can still you know go to work and start kicking ass again and run around but i'm like wait a minute he just had like a needle drill in his head <laughs> I think he'd be a anybody would be a little even Batman would be a little woozy from having a drill needle in the back of your head that pierced your skull, and I'm like, yeah, eh, that didn't work for me. But okay, okay, hopefully the ending will be awesome. And they get to the ending, and it, it's kind of like now here's spoilers. He's on a boat, and then I think he's on a helicopter or something, or he shoots shoots down the helicopter. And it falls on the bridge, and he has a uh, a final uh, confrontation with, with you know the Spectre guy, Doctor Evil, pretty much. And it's it's you know it's it's not spectacular. It's not. It's kind of like did they run out of the budget? Like they could have done something a little bit more interesting. And it's not like it's not well acted. It's well acted. It's just it felt anticlimactic. So. There's some good things in the movie, but it's like, well, dang it. I think we can do better. I think they can do better. So I was happy when Craig said, I, and I kept saying it like I put it on the internet, you know, chat forums like Dark Horizons. But let's do one more. We can, you can do one more with Craig. Let it be. They put all their stuff into it. Just he'll put his, this is his final effort because he was on, you know, edge and like, I don't want to do it again. And like, it's a, it's a big, a lot of, it's a lot of work. And uh, <laughs> imagine being James Bond and being like, yeah, do I want to do another one? <sighs> well, I think he heard himself on the last one. Like he did something, messed up his, busted his ankle or something, which to me, I would think that's pride. I'd wear that with pride. Like, yeah, I busted my ankle on a bond uh, doing James Bond. Like, this is kind of for real, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but he's like, I don't know if I want to do it. And it's a lot of, you know, a lot of time. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, finally, like, just do one more. Do one, make it the best one you can make. This is your last one. Just do one that's better than Spectre. And at least somewhere in between Casino Royale and Skyfall. And uh, there's some good stunts in this one. You know, they got a good actor for the villain, uh, Remy, Remy Malik. Um, yeah, he's 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 a good actor, and we'll see when it comes out. Um, but it needs it needs to come out. I mean, we had Wonder Woman, and yeah, well, we had Wonder Woman there. <laughs> like I said, I stand behind my review, I thought it was fun, it was great escapism, like on IMAX, it was great. I loved going in there. Barely anybody in there, but that was fine. Um, uh, but it had a lot of problems. <laughs> it definitely had some logical problems. Uh, but I, I, I like the whole aesthetic of it, the feel, I, the acting. Uh, everybody was good in it. And um, yeah, I want to see Bond. I want to see Bond on big screen. Um, I could do. I could do a podcast on my feelings about each bond movie and just kind of take you through. There's some guys that did. I'm, I got, I, I got to finish up the cast pretty soon again. Um, uh, what was the name of it? 
it was a podcast on all the Bond movies, and they broke it down uh, from the Sean Connery era to the Roger Moore to the George Lazenby. And um, gosh, it was so awesome. What is the name of that one? David Spade. Oh, <laughs> no, uh, I'll go. I'll do the Bill Burr. It's like, what was that? What was the fucking name of that podcast? They're talking about the Bond movies. What was that shit? Bond on Bond? No, but it was fucking great. <laughs> there you go. Maybe I'll start doing Bill Burr, Bill Burr a little bit more. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, maybe I'll go into it a little bit more and I'll give you more introspective of like the first time I saw this, I, I saw it on it was on Showtime or HBO growing up or I saw it on tape or it was on TV and everything. You know, I'll probably give you more of that, my, my personal experiences as well as how the movie is to me. You know, um, I kind of grew up in the Roger Moore era. Uh, the first movie Bond movie I saw in the theater was um, uh, View to a Kill, which is so fitting because, you know, I ended up doing uh, a Christopher Walken impersonation for so long for a uh, little shout out to my friends at the advisor and source. And uh, for so long, Mr. Bond, do you ride horses? Mr. Bond. <laughs> And uh, Grace, Grace Jones, Grace Jones, uh, flying through the air as <laughs> uh, Mayday, Mayday, and then her, her weird butterfly uh, fishing, uh, the butterfly fishing rods that would kill people and hook them up. Gosh, that was so much fun. <laughs> and the Zorin, Zorin microchip. It's gonna rule the entire world. <laughs> And the blimp. And never forget the blimp. Like, you don't understand. A kid is in the 80s. You got, I got the Commodore 64. I got the, you know, uh, a view to a kill on the big screen. Well, up north, I think I've, I think not Gaylord, but it was at um, Mackinac Island. I think I, I saw that. And man, I'm going to go into it now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I saw it with my brother and and our friend Jeff. And, you know, I remember Jeff because they're four, year, four years older than me. They thought it was so uncool. Um, and I loved it because I rarely got to go to the movies as a kid. So when I did, it was a big deal. So this was like seeing the Bond stuff for the first time on the big screen. And, I mean, it was larger than life. And the Duran Duran opening song watching you to view to a kill face to face na, 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 feel the chill <laughs> i mean that's a great opener i mean duran duran was huge but that song had such a great feel and hook to it um that i forgave a lot of the stuff now watching it older now like you see the flaws in it you see how kind of slowly paced it is, and, and the missed opportunities, especially with Walken and Roger Moore. There could have been a lot more interaction there. Um, but it does have those awesome elements to it, like good, awesome stunts. 
And Tanya Roberts, unfortunately, may she rest in peace. She passed recently. Um, the blimp, the, the scene on the bridge. Um, that's huge. When you're a kid and you watch that, I mean, it's a whole new world. And then, then I kind of, uh, you know, a year maybe after I got introduced to Connery through my stepdad. And as always, you get introduced to this stuff through, you know, an, a father figure or some, maybe an older brother or whatever, but yeah. And Connery was great. And, uh, you know, Goldfinger, you know, Goldfinger, I think that's the best Connery one. Although some people will say, um, uh, the one on the train, the one on the train is, uh, is that Thunderball? No. I'm going to have to do a James Bond marathon review. I've been, uh, I've been re-inspired, but I think I'm going to wrap this up, kids. Let's, let's wrap it up while it's fun. I thank you for listening. I thank you for calling in. You've kept me laughing and kept me from losing my mind. And uh, I think we're all going through a turbulent time. Obviously, I don't. I don't want to go into too much of that because you can get all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, uh, on the news outlets and online, and everyone's got opinion and an opinion about that. But I think specifically for this holiday, for this year, I feel that I needed to do this, and we all we need to laugh and we need to be grateful about what we have, what we have, and. Um, what we can work on and um don't don't uh don't fall into that that void don't don't fall into it i've been there i've been depressed and it's a hard one to get out of and i don't want to fall into that again and i will not i will rage against the silence i will rage against um just here it is here's your day now, now go, uh, now go eat your McDonald's and shut up. <laughs> I will rage against that every day of the week. I will make the mundane fun. I will make. Um, I will because this is this is my life and this is your this is your life. Every day counts. Every day is one less day that we have. So make it a good one. Make it make it good. And you'll when you do when you do hit it big. You'll learn to, you'll know, you'll, you'll appreciate that. That's so much more. One last message says one new message. Uh, before I go, it says hobo chilling. I love that hobo chilling. I love that name. I'm clicking on the new message. It's not going to it. I, I'm sorry. I can't read your message. That sucks. So there's some limitations, but I thank you guys for getting on here. I think I do these podcasts mostly on the weekends. You'll probably catch me on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, usually in the evening. And around this time, seven, I'd say seven to 10 is when I record. I'm a late night guy. I rarely record right when I wake up, although that would be a fun experiment. Um, late night with Hambo. Send me an email, screamingeagles7 at gmail.com. Let me know uh, if you want anything covered, any kind of movie or comic book topic or just a topic in general. Um, and let me know what you think. Drop a comment on the wall. I think you, you, I think the comments, you can do it through, through the phone. 
you yeah, I think you have to get the app, the Podbean app. But yeah, you can just email me, whatever. You find a way. Thanks for showing up. And uh, I hope you the, the everything bagels were awesome. Uh, I hope uh, they got you off the bottle. And um, yeah, I'm glad I did this. Thanks, guys. Long days and pleasant nights. Have a good one.